Express FM. Supported by City of Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! Far off path! A wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. Absolutely thrilled to be here. You know, everything that I was expecting coming into the city and coming into the football club has been matched and more. Action and reaction. I think you probably saw on the pitch that there was a lot that we'd worked on in a short space of time. I think it's really good positive signs for the future. Certainly really excited to be playing under him and excited for what we can achieve this season now. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's been immensely frustrating to still be in League One after six years. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the Championship. Another league goal for Colby Bishop as Pompey almost get back to winning ways at Fratton Park. Pompey will pick up again through pack, 40 yard down, chance for the ball to go back into the penalty area. It's a good ball and it's put into the back of the net and Portsmouth have the lead. A fine finish from Colby Bishop. However, it was Bobby Thomas with just over 60 seconds of regular time to go at PO4 on Saturday to nick a point for Barnsley. That is a long throw towards the box. It's bouncing around and it's gone all the way in. And Barnsley have equalised. Bobby Thomas is claiming it. Manchester United low-need Deshaun Bernard started from the off at the weekend, making his Blues debut. We'll hear from him between now and seven. He's been talking about his first taste of Fratton Park. I thought it was really good. I thought the atmosphere definitely lived up to what people told me. I thought that the, the fans were excellent and really got behind us and gave us that top on the pitch that we needed at times. We'll also hear the post-match reaction of the head coach, John Mussino, who talks about why his side couldn't convert one point into three. We just weren't clinical enough and weren't quite ruthless enough. We didn't get the second goal, which would have hopefully put the game to bed. But yeah, we'll learn a lesson from that and dust ourselves down and get on with it. There was a massive victory for the Pompey women this weekend. 1-0 victors away at Gilligan in the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division. We'll hear from Jay Sadler on this evening's show, who despite victory is demanding much more from his side. We've created so many good chances throughout the game. We haven't taken them. Uh, I think Leanne, Annie, uh, Quirky could have all had goals today. We should be punishing. 81400 our text number. Start your messages with the word express if you want to get involved this evening. You can also email sport at expressfm.com. Tweet using at expressfm or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey live. It's Monday. It's six o'clock. A very good evening and welcome to the football hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome along to yet another instalment of the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, driven to you as always by Stagecoach across the South. You can download their app right now from either the Apple app or Google Play Store. Well, on the way tonight, we'll be reviewing Pompey, or the men's one all draw with Barnsley on Saturday. We'll go through all of the events of a, of a quite crazy game at PO4 and quite an entertaining one despite only the stalemate for the Blues. That is now two wins, one draw and one defeat under the new head coach John Lucino. We'd love to hear what you've got to say back home as well. Pompey fans, are you pleased with the start that John Lucino's had at Fratton Park? Would you like to see more from this team despite a clear improvement on performances on the pitch? Are you happy with the Blues' January transfer business and also between now and seven we'll be talking a bit about the Milton End redevelopment update. We'll also highlight a big win for the Pompey women on Sunday afternoon a result which puts them in a very good position 
in the league table here from Jay Sadler before seven o'clock. We'll also introduce my two guests on the show right after we hear the highlights of Saturday's game at Fratton Park. Pompey taken on Barnsley on home soil. Andy Moon and Guy Whittingham to see you through it. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shooting scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. We are underway here at Fratton Park for Portsmouth against Barnsley, live in League One, as Riley Towler chips the ball forward for Portsmouth, and it's free to Joe Morell in midfield as Pompey work it back to Towler, back forward again, and Bishop gets a fairly firm challenge in there. That was a risky touch that almost went Jacob's way. Mistake by Barnsley, and then the ball out for a Portsmouth throw on the left-hand side, 30 yards from Barnsley's goal. Bishop on the centre spot, does well there, Bishop. Works it to the right-hand side, and Bernard brings it over halfway, plenty of blue shirts forward, Jacobs goes early, ball in the box, looking for Bishop, Bishop's offside, he puts it in the net, but the flag is up, it's a nice ball and a decent finish, but offside is the ruling, into the near post, poor clearance, terrible shot from Phillips, he might get another go here, Pompey trying to do some closing down, ball to Waters, not quite sure what that was, and it's going to be cleared away, that was more of a clearance from Waters. I think that was supposed to be a volley on target. Danger not over for Pompey. Phillips over the goalkeeper's head, tipped onto the bar and scrambled away by Bernard. Barnsley close to taking the lead, nil-nil. Bernard comes near for the short one, doesn't cause any of the defenders to move and it's headed away. Pompey will pick it up again through pack, 40 yards out, chance for a ball to go back into the penalty area. It's a good ball and it's put into the back of the net and Portsmouth have the lead. A fine finish from Colby Bishop, volleying it back across goal do it's fourth with one Barnsley nil and Pompey now got the chance to break forward and Dale's over halfway there's four against two if Pompey played this correctly Dale's got to get the ball in the box defenders are coming back now Tunnicliffe in the area Tunnicliffe shot wild into the Milton end still one nil here's Barnsley coming forward edge of the penalty area danger as Cole's shot has gone into the back of the net but the referee has already blown the whistle for a foul so that goal is not going to stand. And the, I think it was Morell who slid in. He didn't make contact with the player. The foul is given. So Barnsley, instead of a goal, will have a free kick on the edge of the box. Kane, four in the wall. Here's Kane stepping up with his right foot over the wall and high over the bar. No threat at all. That is a long throw towards the box. He's bouncing around and it's gone all the way in. Thomas is claiming it, it was fired in and it must have hit a couple of bodies and nestled into the bottom corner, nothing Macy could do, two minutes left, Portsmouth one, Barnsley one. Pack, he's going to send this into the penalty area, towards the near post, Raggett the target, headed away by Barnsley, that's it, that is the final action and it's notable that it is the Barnsley fans cheering away to our right about the game ending 1-1.
Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. There you go, the highlights from Saturday afternoon as the Blues were held to a one-all draw at home to playoff contenders Barnsley at Fratton Park. Taking a look at results elsewhere on Saturday, Atkinson Stanley were heavily defeated by three goals to nil at home to Lincoln City. Bolton Wanderers were 1-0 victors over Cheltenham Town, whilst MK Dons uh, were 2-0 winners away at Bristol Rovers. Cambridge United 1, Ipswich Town 1, Derby County 5, Morecambe nil. Really strange pattern of results for Morecambe. Twice they've scored five goals in the last five games. Twice they've conceded four or more. They are a very hit-and-miss team, Morecambe. However, out of a relegation zone as things stand. Exeter City 1, Charlton Athletic 2, Fleetwood Town 2, Burton Albion 3. Now, Burton Albion were a goal down in the second half. Fleetwood turned it around and scored a 94th minute winner. But Burton Albion, sorry, equaliser. I made that sound even more dramatic. A 94th minute equaliser to make the game 2 at Highbury Stadium. But then Burton Albion, 60 seconds later, actually made it 3-2 on on just about the 95th minute. Incredible scenes for the travelling brewers there. Forest Green Rovers nil, Peterborough 2, Oxford United nil, Shrewsbury 1. They continue their incredible surge up League 1 table. Port Vale nil, Wickham 3 and Sheffield Wednesday 1. Plymouth Argyle nil at the battle at the top of the League One table, which means the table looks a little bit different to what it has done in recent weeks. Sheffield Wednesday, six wins on the bounce. They are top of the tree after defeating Plymouth Argyle, who now dropped to second. They are level on points on 61. However, it is Wednesday, the leaders, who have a game in hand. Pompey, of course, travel to Home Park to take on Plymouth next Saturday, or this Saturday, rather. Ipswich Town a third, with Derby fourth, Bolton fifth, and Barnsley still occupying sixth position. Peterborough seventh, Wickham eighth, Shrewsbury ninth, five wins on the trot for Steve Cotter side and Pompey they are 10th 38 points they are nine points behind the playoffs they've played the same amount of games as Barnsley still got to play Barnsley away of course but they've got two or three games in hand on fifth fourth and third so you never know uh, looking at the bottom as I mentioned Morecambe outside of a relegation zone or they were actually before the weekend about five nil defeats put them back in Forest Green Rovers Accrington Stanley and Cambridge United join them in the bottom four of the league one standings as things are at the moment. Okay, enough of me, and time to bring in my two guests for this evening's conversation. First and foremost, Mr. Andy Mitchellmore from the PO Forecast. Andy, a very good evening to yourself. Good evening, Jake. Yeah, nice to talk to you. How are you, my friend? Yes. It, do, you know, do you know what, Andy? It's been it's been too long. It's been way too long since we've we've had you on the show. It's, it's a pleasure That's to have a, you back. A straight dig at me, straight out the gate there, Jake. Thank you. For that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Life gets in the way. Hey, yeah. It does. It does. But you, you've been keeping well. Up. Oh, living the dream. Absolutely. I won't I won't turn um, the, the football hour into therapy 101. It's been all good. Thank you, my friend. Good stuff. And joining uh, Andy this evening, we have a bit more of a regular nowadays from the 1898 Joe Wood, Statman Joe on Twitter. Good yeah, evening. a bit, bit more regular. Hi, Jake. How are, you, how are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Joe, we'll start off with yourself and we'll get it out of the way, shall we? The referee, Mr. Warmer. Yeah. On Saturday. Um, this becomes a bit of a trend, doesn't it? And uh, we keep banging the drum. League One officiating is a bit poor. This one on Saturday, although it worked in Pompey's favour, was a bit questionable. Well, it's, it's nice that it worked in Pompey's favour for a change, but it does kind of bring up the, the larger point that the officiating standards are just not good enough. I mean, theoretically, if you're looking at it, 
from that perspective there are 10 games in the Premier League each week there are then I think 11 or 12 in the Championship each week which means that you could be getting theoretically the 24th best referee in the country that is not the 24th best referee in the country and if it is we're doing something horrifically wrong so why why are we why have we got League One being the third tier of English football which is larger than a lot of second division in most countries in Europe why are we getting such abysmal officiating every week? You go back to the Sheffield Wednesday, Dane Scarlett gets kicked in the head. If you look back, I think a week ago, uh, in the Bolton game, not Pompey versus Bolton, I can't remember exactly who they were playing, but a player gets punched by a Bolton player, and then they send off the oh, wrong yeah. Bolton player. But, but Firstly, so, yeah. well done for spotting it, good. <laughs> but then you manage to send off the wrong guy. Yeah. And and that's it. And then and then all of a sudden on Sky Sports we've got the head of referees defending that decision. It it it, it can't carry on like this. No. It's destroying what should be a good game. And Andy, the the big incident that you know we referred to in that game on Saturday at home to Barnsley, it it did favour Pompey, and that was uh, Mr. Warmer, the man in the middle, with the whistle blowing it a little bit too early but a bit, a bit prematurely I'd say uh, with Devante Cole tucking the ball underneath Matt Macy uh, which would have then been an equaliser for Barnsley um, Pompey can thank their lucky stars but the referee um, was a bit too whistle happy with that one uh, and pulled it back for the three kick and after which you know you, you can't let the goal stand you've blown your whistle that was a big let off for Pompey Andy but really reflecting of what Joe's saying the officiating in league one we continue to talk about it week in week out for all the bad reasons yeah, absolutely. I mean, you say it averages out over the season, and obviously on this occasion, I'm not going to complain a huge amount about the end result, but you think about the the carnage if that had been, the shoe was on the other foot in this game, and that cost Pompey, say, a 2-1 win, or cost us a point from the game. This would be a very different tone of voice at the start of the football hour this week. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's not even a, a particularly... A, you know, it's not an advanced thing to do to play advantage in that situation when the ball is travelling towards the goal into the box. It's, I don't really understand the thought process being that whistle-happy. I, I really thought he was poor throughout, mm. to be honest with you. Um, not particularly, you know, anti-Pompey, always against my team. I just thought he had a really poor game, oh, yeah. uh, the referee as a whole. And, yeah, favoured us this time. But as has been mentioned there, there have been some pretty poor decisions or quite high profile ones this season in League One and we've been talking about it for years there was I mean yeah the last two three years the standard of officiating has been really really poor there have been goals scored you know as the half-time whistle has been blown or the full-time whistle has been blown and just you know just hold off on the whistle for two to three seconds and see what happens it's it isn't good enough and I think Danny Cowley spoke about it at one point that there's something inherently wrong if as we said there you know these are the best referees in the country theoretically for the third tier if they are, then there's something wrong in sort of the, the process of training mm. or getting used to playing on the bigger stages. I don't know. But yeah, I won't complain about this one incident, but he had a poor game, didn't he, overall? I mean, it's important to say as well, this isn't as if we're sat here going, this is some sort of reaction to, mm. to us watching VAR every, every week. It's not. No. It's fairly obvious that, that that is an advantage that needs to be played. Mm. Um any Sunday league referee would probably be annoyed with themselves if they blew that and then yeah. the guy puts the ball in the net. It wasn't as if the ball went in the net 20 seconds later. No. It was literally two seconds, if that. 
No, and I can't, I can't believe I'm sat here complaining <laughs> yeah, we, that Barnsley we, didn't I, get a goal. And, but I, and I think this, this actually squashes a lot of the, uh, if there is anyone out there thinking we come in here and we moan about the referees when Pompey don't win. We, we're sat here saying Barnsley should have got a second goal in that game. Exactly. But, you know, that, that is benevolent. It's, it's as Andy it. says, though. We're, we're sat here going, well, <laughs> hang on a minute. If the shoe was on the other foot, if he was mm. wearing a different shirt, yeah. we're absolutely seething. I will throw one thing into the equation, though, Joe. I thought there was actually a handball in the build-up. So I don't. I think it's actually the injust. I think it was justified, rather, that the goal didn't stand because there was a handball in the build-up and referee failed to see it. So I think he's uh, levelled it out there. Maybe Fair he's been really clever and thought, "Ah, do you know what? I missed the handball, so I'll." I'll I think you're giving him an awful do you, do you think lot that's of cl- credit. That's clutching at straws. Yeah, I'll stop. <laughs> I'll stop. Okay, uh, after the break, we will we'll be talking more about Saturday's model draw between Pompey and Barnsley. We're also going to come on to talk about the debutants in that game, both Deshaun Bernard, who started the match, and Paddy Lane, who came on in the second half as a substitute. And before we do head into that break, we're going to hear the post-match reaction of the Manchester United loney. He spoke to Max Swatton after the full-time whistle. Well, Deshaun, a positive performance, but how frustrating was it to be pegged back at the end? Yeah, very guided. I think the boys put in a good shift uh, whole game, and I think it was very, very unlucky to to concede towards the end. But I feel like we had a good game, and hopefully we can take the the momentum and how well we played into the next game. Yeah, in terms of performance, really solid shift from you, especially in the second half. How did you find it out there? Yeah, I thought it was really good. I thought the atmosphere was was definitely lived up to what people told me. I thought that, that the fans were were excellent and really got behind us and gave us that like top on the pitch that we needed at time so it was it was really good and if you can single out any positives from today to take four what would they be yeah i think we had a, we had a lot of chances um i think we've got to keep being more more clinical and hopefully just take more of our chances and hopefully we can just see the game out you're primarily a center back you played it right back today yes. a job you've done before how do you yes. find it adapting to that change of position yeah it's good obviously i've, I've played it before last year a few games in the champ and also league two at salford so it was nothing really new to me, but obviously just uh, needed some time to get back into it. But I thought I did, did well. And a couple of chances for you from set pieces there as well. Yeah. Is that something, something you're confident you can add in your time here between yeah. now and the end of the season? Definitely something I'm trying to add to my game, get more, more goals. I was definitely unlucky not to score, but hopefully I can, I can put them away next time. Just finally, you've had your first taste of Fratton Park action today. You've heard the fans, you've heard the atmosphere. How much are you looking forward to getting back here in, in 10 days' time? Yeah, definitely excited to, to play here again. I thought the fans were, were excellent. I was looking around and barely seen any empty seats. Everyone was up cheering, so it was really a lovely experience. And we just heard there from Deshaun Bernard, the Manchester United loney, making his debut uh, straight off uh, off the mark on Saturday. Uh, we'll come on to talk about why in the next part of the show, Andy. But what did you make of his performance in that game? Yeah, you always do keep a bit of an extra eye out, don't you, when you've got a debutant or two debutants in the in the team and you feel like there's a bit of extra scrutiny, particularly, I mean, on Macy as well, I think we should probably highlight as well in his first few games has, has done particularly well, mm-hmm. considering, you know, the, the social media reviews weren't great before he arrived. But yeah, I thought Bernard, he looked pretty comfortable with both feet, looked comfortable driving forward, made a couple of really nice incisive passes down the wing, showing a bit of vision and... You know, I think as fans, it's easy to underappreciate how difficult it is to click into a brand new environment. It's like starting a brand new job and just being expected to hit the ground running and, you know, appreciate what your teammates are doing at different times and knowing what runs they're likely to make. And I thought he tapped in, yeah, really quite well, considering it was his first appearance. And you compare it with some other, you know, debutant performances, you know, I don't want to name individual names, Tyler Walker, but there's, <laughs> there's been a few where 
it hasn't really looked like it was even going to click. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, yesterday, uh, not yesterday, Saturday, it did seem to look like there was some sort of coherence then. And I think coming into a back line, it's even more obvious if it isn't coherent yeah. than it maybe would be for a midfielder or, or someone playing up top. So, yeah, really promising start. One game, you know, one swallow doesn't make a summer. One game doesn't make or break his time at Pompey, but a really promising start. Yeah. Andy, thank you very much. Joe, as well, do sit tight. We're going to come back to you, lads, in just a few moments' time. Keep the text, tweets and emails coming in from back home. Pompey fans, I can see them loading in. We're going to get through to them in the next part of the show, where we'll also hear the post-match reaction of the head coach, John Musino, who, despite the stalemate with Barnsley on Saturday, is looking to take the positives from the game. The biggest positive for me was was the second half. I think we came out with a lot of purpose. Uh, we won our second balls. We got on top of them. I thought Owen Dale down the right-hand side he started to get into the game and, and was a real threat. And I thought we thoroughly deserved the goal. I thought we deserved the goal in the lead. And I think on balance over the 90 minutes, we did really deserve to win the game. So make sure you stick around and keep it 93.7 Express FM for the next part of tonight's edition of the Football Hour. Coming right your way in just a few moments' time. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5, a bus ticket that works when you do. For those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5. Bundles of five day riders for the price of four. And Flexi 10, bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Hello there, welcome back to part two of tonight's edition of the Football Hour here on Express FM, driven to you as always by Stagecoach Across the South. You can find out more information on the services they can provide in your area by visiting stagecoachbus.com. Joe Wood and Andy Mitchellmore alongside myself until seven o'clock this evening to review Pompey's one-all draw with Barnsley on Saturday and later on we're going to talk a bit about the Milton and redevelopment update and we're going to be speaking about the Pompey women's victory over Gillingham on Sunday. Massive, massive result from Jay Saddle Sider, who we'll hear from in the third and final part of this evening's show. Uh, let's get through some text, tweets and emails. We'll start off uh, with this one. Uh, it's a text. Um, a much improved second half and fair to view it as two points dropped. Shame to throw it away with a cheap goal, but we definitely look better so far under the special John. And impressed with Bernard. Could spell the end for Sean Raggett though. If only there was someone with some stats to talk us through. That I, sounds like someone familiar, doesn't it? It does, yeah. I don't have any prepared for that one, I'm, that, that, I'm afraid. That's Barry from the 1898, <laughs> um, who actually, interestingly enough, mentioned previously, Joe, you've got a, you've got a football manager save. I do, Where yeah. you've taken a certain not-so-prolific striker at Pompey. Yeah, he's uh, already been mentioned once. He has already been mentioned once tonight. Um, he scored one goal for the Blues yeah. on loan from Coventry City in that second half of last season? Season before? Uh, season before, yeah. It was a tap-in. Yep. Away at Crew. The easiest goal you could score. I could score it. Yeah. Um, and you've managed to turn him into some sort of sensation. Yeah, playing a really weird system. Mm. Um, turn him into a 48 goals a season nice. in the league striker. It's fair to say pixelated Tyler Walker is somewhat better than human Tyler Walker at this uh, juncture. I'd say 48 goals for anyone is pretty phenomenal yeah. in a 46 game yeah. season. Whereabouts are you now with Pompey? Uh, Premier League. Premier League. Premier League. Yep. Yeah. 10 well, seasons in. Nice. Champ- five Champions Leagues. 
Four nice. Premier Leagues. Yeah. You've got a plan. Come on. No, I'm just carrying on. You've got ambition. Honest. Yeah, plan and ambition. Oh. Uh, no pixelated planes. No. Lovely no. stuff. Uh, Andy Mitchmore also joins us on the show this evening. Andy, we spoke a bit before the break about uh, Deshaun Bernard Valoni from Manchester United, his first game um, at the club. You, you, quite, you mentioned as well the, the results that we've seen under John Mussino in his first four games. Two victories over Fleetwood and Exeter, respectively. A defeat away to Peterborough, albeit narrow, and actually a chance towards the end to get into that game and take a point and a draw at home to Barnsley. Would you say, Andy, that's a that's a pretty decent start for a new head coach, you know, given the given the situation, given the opposition played? I'd say that after one win in 15, I probably would have taken that, yeah. I guess, if you'd offered it, yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, what, what Joe said there about the Barnsley game potentially seeming like two points dropped, in a, in a sort of a weird way, it's quite nice to have been playing a team in the playoff places and seen it as two point drops because we only got a point from the game yeah. uh, which sort of shows a bit of a change of mindset I think compared to where we were at you know a month or so ago or a month and three days ago or whenever it was that uh, the Cowleys unfortunately yeah left Ratton Park so yeah it's a, it's a return you don't argue with I don't, I don't think and obviously Plymouth is a tough game coming up on Saturday but after that you look at I don't want to jinx it but a run of games that for League One standards mm aren't really that brutal where you've yeah. got Burton at home Lincoln Cheltenham obviously Bolton's a tough one Cambridge I mean they got a point against Ipswich but beatable mm. there's a run of games there that there is the opportunity some, for some momentum which it feels like they've they've kind of kick-started a little bit yeah um, there's the opportunity there now you're exciting me now Andy you're exciting me with that f- slightly favourable run Pompey have got I'm coming up. I'm saying none of my responses to that on live radio, Jake. <laughs> we'll, we'll catch up with you after your Cambridge game. We'll see where we're at. <laughs> but, Joe, you know, quite, quite rightfully mentioned there, um, seven points from um, the opening four games, 12 points available from for, for, Joe, for John Messino, for special John, after what was one win in 15 of the league for Pompey under Danny Cowley. Um, and, of course, Simon Bassey, the interim head coach, who came in for a game or two after his sacking. Um, it's obviously a, an improvement, but away from the results and now the performances, have you seen a, a shift in maybe the mentality of the way Pompey apply themselves, particularly in the second half? Yeah, I mean, I, let's be perfectly clear. I still detest first 45-minute Pompey. Um, that's still the same as it it's been for the last two months second half Pompey I absolutely love second (laughs) half Pompey Um, no I mean more seriously what they're doing is they're pressing much further up the pitch and they're cutting off the passing lanes between the two centre halves and then the the, the holding midfielder that commonly is playing at at league one level Um, it's a problem that Pompey have had when Sean Raggett is in the side, he tends to be the the weaker link. That mm. um, fantastic piece by Jack Hancock on Twitter. If you haven't seen it already, please go and, and have a look at that. It's fascinating about how Pompey have been targeted um, with Sean Raggett in the side. So please give that a look. But the fact that he's not being exposed as much anymore because we're pressing so much further up the field is a real, real positive, and it it instantly. It's a shame that he got injured when he did uh, Ronan Curtis because this is exactly the sort of style that I think he just thrives in. Mm. It's the confrontation. It's the you could see it when he came on against Exeter for that last twenty minutes. He just loves being that guy. Yeah. You know, I, I said it to, to Barry on text. I can guarantee you that if you played right back against Ronan Curtis, he'd be reminding you all game that you are the worst player on the planet and he has Republic of Ireland caps. <laughs> and it's just that's the sort of attitude that he carries and 
that it seems like the whole team now now feeds off that. Yeah, and I love it. Yeah, uh, Linda Mail on the emails has got in touch tonight as well. Says a much better committed performance on Saturday than the last game. Shame we conceded at the end, but probably a draw was a fair result. I thought Jacobs up front looked good, and I thought the team had a bit of a better balance. We continued to press high up the field even when we were winning. Shame the referee wasn't up to standard. It will be interesting when Lowry and Rafferty are fit. Not open for much. <laughs> Play up Pompey on the emails. And Linda Mail, thank you for getting in touch. And one key message I want to take from that um, email, Andy, is the fact that Pompey continue to press high up the pitch, even when winning. They did not sit back. They did not invite pressure. They did not have 11 men in the penalty area when defending a three kick or a corner kick. They had a man up front ready to counter. This is a different Pompey to what we saw under Danny Cowley. Yeah, agreed. And uh, if Joe's going to do a, a call out to someone who loves the stats, I mean, Jack Hancock is no Freddie Webb, if we're being honest about it. And Jack knows that. Um, but he, one of the things that Fred always highlights is the sort of the pressing in first versus second half. Mm. And as Joe said, they're the first half Pompey is, you know, it leaves a lot to be desired at times this season. But on the occasions in the first half where there has been a good high press, it has tended to die off a bit in the second half. Yeah. Whereas in this game, yeah, it, I haven't actually seen the stats myself. I've not looked at, um, at Jack's analysis of it yet. But it did look purely from the stand like that press was maintained throughout, mm. which, yeah, it's really reassuring. And it's all about, I mean, the press also needs to be choreographed. You know, if you've only got one person actually executing it, it's completely moot that they're doing it because it's ineffective. So if it's choreographed and consistent, that's going to make a huge difference because we see how many goals at league one level people make individual mistakes yeah. quite frequently and that high press is the best way of enforcing them at the back at hancock analysis is where you can find uh, jack hancock's uh, new twitter page analyzing in great depth um a, a lot about pompey about football in general uh, we should probably get him on the show soon shouldn't we joe well that's twice in a row yeah i've um i've plugged his twitter account um but we will try and get um, jack hancock on the show it's an incredible um analytic point of view that jack has uh, on social media at hancock analysis we'll try and get one what a show that would be joe wood mr statman hancock analysis jack hancock and uh, freddie webb from the ports of news Oof. he loves expected goals Oof. Love, that would be i wouldn't even need to host i'll just sit back and let you free <laughs> Go on, but that'd be a great show. We'll, we'll make it happen. Make, we'll it, make happen. it happen. Okay, we've heard more from uh, both Joe, we've heard from Andy, we've heard from you guys back home as well. Let's hear what the head coach himself had to say after the game on Saturday. Here's John Bussino with his assessment of the one-off draw with Barnsley. Uh, really pleased with the performance overall. I thought the first half was was a, you know a tough game in League One. Probably typified what you see week in week out against a very good League One side uh, in Barnsley. I think. Michael Duff's got them very well organised. Uh, I saw a very good performance the other night against against Oxford, where uh, they completely dominated the game. So um, I think to, to come away with with what we what we did in the second half, which was a really comprehensive performance, obviously apart from conceding late on, just really pleasing. I think there were plenty of positives to take from that. Yeah, in terms of performance, that must be sort of right where near you want to want to be at this stage. Yeah, probably slightly slightly surpassing. You know what I what I thought we'd be able to achieve in the first couple of weeks, but there was some there were some excellent individual performances and, and team wise, like I said, especially in the second half, uh, I thought we were we were on top for probably eighty odd percent of it, and unfortunately we just weren't clinical, clinical enough and weren't quite ruthless enough. We we didn't get the second goal, which would have hopefully put the game to bed. Uh, but yeah, we'll learn a lesson from that and dust ourselves down and, and get on with it. 
What positives can you single out and take on take on forward to the to the games ahead? Well, I think that um, if you look at the if you look at the fact that Barnsley are a really good side, they'll challenge definitely this season. They'll definitely challenge and. Um, that's a positive that we competed with them for the entire 90 minutes. They probably had the better of the chances in the first half, although there wasn't much in the game. I thought when we did get the ball down and, and played, we, we looked like we were dangerous. And when we got Marlon on the ball we, and switched it, then there was, there was a lot of space and a lot of opportunity for us to exploit. And yeah, the, the biggest positive for me was, was the second half. We, I think we came out with a lot of purpose. We won our second balls, we got on top of them. I thought Owen Dale down the right-hand side started to get into the game and, and was a real threat. And I thought we thoroughly deserved the goal. I thought we deserved the goal in the lead. And I think on balance over the 90 minutes, we, we did really deserve to win the game. Um, so, yeah, I, I think in the sort of raw emotion of, of the post-match, I'm, I'm you know, really happy with the performance. Yeah, the team came out of the blocks in the second half, started really quickly. What, what did you say in the dressing room? Well, you just said uh, that at this level, um, it is, you know, it's about... It's something. There's something to do with tactics and, and the, the technical ability that the players have, but ultimately there's a lot of hard work they have to do to, to enable us to, to put that into effect. So you have to win second balls. <laughs> I keep talking about them, um, but they're really important. You have to earn the right to play, and, and that's not just um, a cliche. It means that you have to you know, be aggressive, be front-footed, turn them in behind to earn your space, and we did that, and we got a lot of space in the in the second half. Barnsley then changed their shape to, to combat that, so credit to the boys. That's, that's the sort of thing they're making sides do here. Um, and, and it was, yeah, again, we, we just talked about a few of the basics of, of the game, showed them a couple of the, the clips that we thought needed improving in the, in the second half, and, and they took it all on board. And that's the, you know, that's the thing for me. I've, I've spoken about it a lot, in the, a lot in the past couple of weeks, what the, the lads have been able to take on board. I've been really pleased with the fact that they're, they're listening, they're working hard and taking it out onto the pitch. Let's talk about that goal. A really well-worked deep cross in the second phase of a, of a set piece. Is that something you've been working on? Yeah, so that's uh, set pieces at the moment, um, or set pieces are, are Joe Prodomo's work, and he's, he does a lot of work on them, uh, a huge amount of detail that he puts into it, and uh, you know he demands a lot from the boys in, in terms of what they have to work on during the week, and, and they take responsibility for that as well. I know I, you know, I saw them a couple of times this week um, with Joe working away from the training pitch and, and doing the best that they can to, to make sure that we take advantage of those moments, because we, we had quite a few in the second half and, and thankfully we, we did score from one and it's, it's going to be a, you know, it is a massively important part of the game uh, so yeah credit to, credit to Joe and the team for, for making sure that we kept the ball alive it was a brilliant ball from Marlon and um, yeah a great goal Deshaun started Paddy came off the bench how do you think those two did on their babies? Yeah, really well. I think if you start with Deshaun, because he had a full 90 minutes, um, asking him to play slightly out of position, I thought he did really well against probably one of the better attacking um, left wing backs in the league in, in Cadden. So uh, he was excellent, you know, and he, he grew into the game in the second half, especially. There were a, a couple of bits we, we spoke about him, uh, spoke about with him at half time. He took those on board, adjusted nicely, and I thought he had a, you know, a brilliant debut. And then, and then Paddy came on, he was you know, very close to getting a goal, he, he looked lively. Uh, we just you know, played and we thought Owen was getting a lot of joy down the right, so we decided to put Paddy on the left. Um, and yeah, I think bright things to come from both of them. What's the mood like in the dressing room after that one? Obviously, it's because it's such a positive performance, but obviously pegged back so late on. What, how do the boys react to it? They're gutted. They're gutted. They're really disappointed. There's, <laughs> there's heads down in there. And that's, that's my part and my job to try and pick them up because um, I'm saying, you know, be disappointed. Be disappointed with the fact that you haven't come away with, with three points, definitely. But actually, if you, if you strip away 
obviously the goal um, you've got to take a lot of positives from that and, and that's the level that's the level you need to achieve anything at this um, in this league those are the sort of things that you have to do to um, you know to, to win games and, and to do anything over the season so uh, you know a balance we, we need a balance of them being disappointed because ultimately we didn't see the game out but also thinking they're a side that are going to challenge and I think they're absolutely delighted with the point and you know, we've got to make sure that um, we just close those games out and come away with the three points next time. And just finally, in terms of team selection, uh, you made three changes going into it. Deshaun starting in, instead of Zach at right back. What's the issue for him? He obviously missed out on the matchday squad. Yeah, Zach's just uh, injured this week. So um, yeah, we were hoping to get him back out on the grass on Thursday. Uh, and he, he tried to train Thursday and Friday and just and didn't make it, unfortunately. So Deshaun came in and, and deputised for Zach. There you go, John Messina's reaction after the full-time whistle on Saturday. Uh, we'll come to the goals quickly before we do head into the third and final part of this evening's show. Andy Pompey's goal, Colby Bishop to open scoring in the second half on Saturday. Fantastic ball in, wasn't it, from Marlon Bakkener? And an equally as good strike as well from Colby Bishop, now 11 in the league for him this season. Yeah, it wasn't dissimilar to the disallowed one in the first half, was it really? You can see that it was uh, they were actively trying to exploit that mm. sort of whipped ball in from the wing and get beyond the last man. And yes, slightly mistimed the run in the first half. It was offside. Yeah. And second half, timed the run perfectly. Yeah, really, really good finish. And I think one of our issues has been, over the last few months, creating those chances for him. Because I think in the top in the top five or top ten goal scorers in the league, I think his chance conversion rate is actually the best. Yeah. So if you create those chances for him, he does finish them. We've just really struggled to create those assist opportunities. Um, but yeah, it was incisive, which is what you want, a bit of a mm-hmm. goal almost out of nothing, just the ball on the wing, one good ball in from Pack, and it's in the net, which is, it's nice to see those sort of chances being created out of sort of a neutral situation almost. We yeah. haven't seen enough of that the last few months. And a good goal um, from Pompey's perspective, a bit of, bit of a bad one to give away, Joe. 88th minute, I think, was the time given for that one. The Barnsley equaliser, mm. Bobby Thomas. It was a long throw. Uh, it was a good long throw. Uh, There's no, no, nothing taken away from that. But defensively, for Pompey, poor one to concede. Yeah, any time you're sort of conceding... It's not Route 1 football, but it, that, it's all part of that same sort of ethos. Um, football's not an overly complicated game. Get the bag of air in the big square net it's pretty simple and if they're doing that if their method of doing that is just chuck it long and work from there you should probably be able to deal with that yeah. um, it is disappointing because it's not the first time we've seen Pompey mismanage that situation mm. um, but flip side it took that for them to yeah. to actually score so yeah it's bad but I'm happy that we've yeah. that we've I'm not going to say burgled a draw, but ended up with a draw because it feels like yeah. we should have both lost and won and drawn. Feelings are a bit weird, yeah. weird today, aren't they? Um, we've conceded very late on um, to, to, to throw away a, a potentially two points, but we also kind of acknowledge the fact that it's actually probably a decent point gained. Well, actually, Andy mentioned it in the first half. Um, mm. Matt Macy, yeah, oh, yeah. not just physically huge, but in the context of the game, yeah. huge as well. Yeah. Um, and it's not the first time he's done that either. No. So, yeah, fantastic appointment, Matt Macy, so far, uh, really proving the difference in between the sticks and keeping Pompey in a few of these matches. Yeah, decent point on Saturday against Barnsley. We're going to come on and get our final thoughts on that game, as well as move on to the Pompey women and an update on the Milton End development as well at Fratton Park. We'll also hear. 
the post-match reaction of the women's head coach, Jay Sadler, who, after after winning on Sunday against Gillingham to go top of the league, he's still demanding a bit more ruthlessness from his side. All it takes is one moment and the team can be back in. But we're creating a lot of moments, so we've got to be happy that we keep creating these chances. We've got to convert them. We've got to be coming here and, and winning these games 3-4-5 because um, that's the amount of chances we've had. More from Jay Sadler and the final thoughts of both Andy Mitchamore and Joe Wood to come when the Football Hour returns after the break. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Go by bus. Go greener with Stagecoach. Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditch the car and switch to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a Stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM. You join myself, Jake Smith, alongside Andy Mitchellmore and Joe Wood up until 7 o'clock. You've just got under 15 minutes to get your final text tweets and emails into the show before we do leave you for the Soft Rock Show after the news at 7. Let's get through a couple of those then. And uh, Dave Byrne on the emails got in touch. Good evening, Dave. Says, uh, Dave sorry. <laughs> Good evening, Jake. I was gutted for the team on Saturday and genuinely felt like they shaded the match with a performance that warranted a narrow victory. Much better tempo, pressing and level of commitment than of late, coupled with some nice football at times as well. I felt the ref was pretty lenient, especially with Barnsley. How the very high foot was caught, one of our lads didn't incur a yellow card, I'm not so, not so sure. And then you can't help but remember the very low high foot that Joe Morrell got sent off for last season against Oxford. Anyhow, looking forward to games once again. Good performances all round and wouldn't it be nice to have a permanent Matt Macy between the sticks rather than him being borrowed uh, third choice from another club. I feel we could do a lot worse. Play up Pompey Dave in Liss in Hampshire. And yeah, um, Dave, I know we've seen reports from our colleagues about ports of news saying that the club are keen to get a permanent appointment in between the sticks in the summer rather than going for another loanee. Matt Macy not Really favoured Luton Town. You connect the dots. You'd like to think if he can continue having the impact he is, maybe Matt Macy should be on the radar for John Messino in the summer. His hoping anyway. Thank you, Dave, for your email. Uh, before we do move on to the next part and talk about the Milton end a bit, um, Joe, just a final bit of, from Saturday and the debutants. Paddy Lane came on in the second half. Didn't see a lot of him, but from what you saw of him, are you? I mean, pleased with a signing? Yes, but do you think he's got a lot more to offer? Yeah, I mean, you're not going to get much out of... You, you can't really grade a, a player on a fraction of a performance, really, given the, the wider context. But, yeah, I mean, you've got to be pretty happy with what he's he's been able to deliver so far. We, the real test is going to come when he has to start playing full minutes, full 90s against probably the, the couple of teams that are coming up. Um, wouldn't mind seeing him in, in the starting lineup this weekend. There is the problem, obviously, that he is also preferentially a right-sided player and we've currently got Owen Dale and you would have to think that Blackpool wouldn't be overly pleased if we just went well I'll tell you what we've got a new shiny toy now so we'll we'll stop (laughs) using Owen Dale Um, who's also not done anything wrong I'll point that out Um, so it's probably going to be hard to get a full assessment on him until 
probably November, December yeah. this year. Um, but yeah, absolutely. He's the right sort of player for, mm. for Pompey to be signing. I was very pleased with him. And the other debutant on, on Saturday, we mentioned already, um, Andy, you spoke a lot about him in, in the first part of the show, Deshaun Bernard Baloney from Man United. Um, he came in at right back, and John Messino, we heard the interview in part two um, about why um, Zach Swanson with a couple of minor injuries, injuries which was a bit bit concerning but apparently um, nothing to worry about in terms of this week um, likely to fit back in at right back on Saturday um, Andy do you think that pushes Deshaun Bernard to more of a centre-back role if so who drops out that's not a question for me Jake I'm not paid enough money to, <laughs> in your to opinion. answer that question um, it's <laughs> nice to have options isn't it it's a oh, good yeah. problem to have where you've got yeah Swanson coming back and then it looks you know, fairly imminent with the potential for Rafferty uh, coming mm. back around. He's around the squad again, training again. And honestly, when I saw the lineup at, at two o'clock on Saturday, we were, you know, umming and ahhing on whether it was a bit of a an interesting, you know, three centre backs with Dale playing right wing back, which would have been a slightly confusing. But I was quite relieved to see Bernard go out to the right back position. Yeah, it's it's a difficult decision, isn't it? It's um, Very, yeah. I don't have an answer for you, Jake. If I'm <laughs> honest. We need someone with good analysis, like Jack Hancock, who could answer that <laughs> statistically, but um, he's not on the call, unfortunately. He's not. Um, he has tweeted in this evening to Mockers, who's um, included him on, on, on a tweet, saying surely there's a 30-minute slot available for him. Um, Hancock's half hour. I don't think we've got quite enough time to give him a whole half hour, but um, he has replied <laughs> saying Express's listening numbers would plummet if that happened. I'm not so sure, Jack. I'm not so sure. You've been too hard on yourself there. Right, away from the footballing side of things for a moment, and we're going to hear from Jay Sadler in a few moments' time uh, regards to the Pompey women's victory on Sunday. But we have recently seen a video from Portsmouth Football Club and the, uh, the Steve Cripps from the PMC, the constructors of this redevelopment phase at Fratton Park. And Joe, we've seen this video from um, the Milton End and how it's currently shaping up. If you haven't seen it, Pompey fans, do head to the official Portsmouth Football Club YouTube channel you can see it on there um looking good looking good it's um you can see that the the, the rows of the seats they've, they've heightened a little bit um there's a bit more of a better view it just looks a lot more cleaner as well there's more toilet facilities we know there's going to be a, a, an extended concourse behind so you can actually sell alcohol so it's not in, in the view of the pitch <laughs> from what we've seen so far you can see it on a match day it's taking shape pretty well yeah it's all good progress isn't it it's it... <laughs> I'm going to kind of reveal my thoughts here. Um, it's a bit of a, that's the idea of getting you on the show. It's a yeah, yeah. it's a bit of a bit of a poke in the eye to the boo boys, isn't it? Really, um, you know that that progress is being made and it is it is happening. Um, I, I do understand where people are coming from. It's hard to see that without the club putting these sorts of videos out because you can't you obviously can't just go bimbling around in there and have a look around yourself. So you just, from all you can see on a Saturday, is just a building site. Yeah. But it's nice to see that that change and that development. Um, yeah, it's just going to be a nicer place to be, yeah. and and that's and that's something I do have to commend them for. They've done that with the with the two stands already. It, it's only going to get better. Yeah. And whether you like the ideas for outside the Milton Ends with the, the, the perhaps the fake cottage facades that is being put up, whether you like it or not, it's better than what we've seen over the last 20, 30 years than, I mean, a, than a, a, a dishevelled Specs Lane and a, just a, an abandoned Milton End. We're seeing progress to this. So, We're seeing the, the new seats go in and it kind of cornered up a little bit. As far as I'm concerned, take it or leave it. I don't really care what it yeah. looks like. It, it doesn't have to look any particular way as long as it puts more people in the ground mm. and 
and ultimately those people are, are paying to yeah. be there. So what happens with that money? Oh, it ends up back in the club. I don't care how it looks. <laughs> well, it's, it, it's more people in the grounds. It's safer. There's more facilities. Yeah. It's more, it, it, like you say, it's a nicer place to come to once once done. Um, we've seen that with with South Stand. Um, you know, with the new kiosk in there and the looks to be maybe a temporary south stand i must say um mm. but um hopefully there's there's potential there for the future but um yeah and i'm sure once we've seen the milton ends near completion i think in the next maybe 12 months i'm sure i'm sure of it we're going to hear um more in regards to the rest of the uh, development of fratton park let's be honest phase one of redevelopment why call it a phase one if there's not a phase two so do keep calm pompey fans i'm sure this isn't it Keep your eyes peeled. I'm sure there's more. I don't know anything. But I'm, I'm saying it's just let's let's keep the hope, um, and we'll see a uh, we've seen improvements to Fratton Park and uh, Piglet's Pantry as well coming in and uh, doing a fantastic job, and yeah, the Milton End is scheduled to be done, I believe, by this time next year, perhaps into the 20 to 24, 25 season, which is also when the new uh, TV gantry in the South Stand is penciled to be completed. And hopefully, we'll see uh, what will then happen to Fratton Park afterwards. Okay, away from the men's and away from Fratton Park and to Wesley Park. However, the Pompey women were away on Sunday afternoon. They travelled to Chatham Town. They took on Gillingham in the FA Women's National League South and they were victorious by a goal to nil, coinciding with Oxford United, the then unbeaten leaders of the division. They lost by two goals to one at home, which meant the Pompey women sailed to the top of the division. Two points ahead of Oxford United, who they play in a couple of weeks' time, albeit the U's have a game in hand. Here's Jay Sadler with his assessment after the full-time whistle. Well, Jay, a 1-0 victory at Gillingham. What's your initial reaction to that result? I think the initial reaction within the group is is one of happiness, obviously, to have won the game. Um, bit of relief in there because I think the the game was tighter than it than it needed to be. Um, we've had some really, really good chances, especially in that first half. I think the way we started the game was was fast, was frenetic, um, and we got our goal early. And then even after that, we've we've created so many good chances throughout the game. We haven't taken them. Uh, I think Leanne, Annie, uh, Quirky could have all had goals today, um, and we should be we should be punishing. However, we've also got our defensive structure as a team to thank. I think Hans made a, a really good save in that first half too. Um, to see the game out and if we're keeping clean sheets um, then obviously that's a real good foundation to build upon but I think some of our in-possession play was good but at times it, it needed to be better. You alluded to the clean sheet that's almost more important than the, than the victory on a day like this. Yeah it is you, you need to we, we know we've got goals in our team we know we've got chances we'll always create chances and I think today we've created more chances in this game than I can think over the well since the Christmas break but we've got to be taking them um, and because we didn't take them and he's had one right on the line and we've hit the bar or the post three, four, maybe five times, we need to be converting them chances. We need to be ruthless um, and kill these games off. And because we didn't do that, we allowed Gillingham to, to grow in confidence. We allowed Gillingham to, to have a way into the game. Um, however, when they asked us questions at the end, um, we sat in reverted shape again, tried to see the game out. We've asked, they've asked us questions and this group of players have found solutions. Um, they found all the answers and obviously I'm immensely proud of them for finding the answers. However, we've still got to be better in, in big moments. Coming into that second half, do you think your side had to show a different side to their game than what they're usually used to? Yeah, we're a very adaptable side. Um, they show grit, they show fight. And if we say this, if any team wants to battle us, um, we'll, we'll, we'll do so. Um, but if they want to play football, we know we've got the quality to play. But I just think today we allowed the game in spells, secondly, uh, especially the second half of the first half, um, or the second period of that first half, we've allowed them to 
the game to get chaotic. Um, it, we couldn't control the, the chaos and we needed to control it. We needed someone to take and alleviate the pressure and it was a little bit all over the place. And, and in half-time, we were able to calm the girls down. We went back to playing the way we can play. And again, the chances came. But as I keep alluding to, we just need to be more ruthless. Um, the defence can only do um, so well and, and, and sometimes it can be a moment, uh, an error. And we saw that with Evie coming back in first game in months. And unfortunately, the ball's got stuck under a foot. There's a chance. All it takes is one moment and the team can be back in. But we're creating a lot of moments, so we've got to be happy that we keep creating these chances. We've got to convert them. We've got to be coming here and, and winning these games 3-4-5 because um, that's the amount of chances we've had. However, having said that, we've got to enjoy this because we have won. It's another three points and we look forward to London Bees on Sunday. Yeah, big congratulations to Jay Sadler and his side. Top of the FA Women's National League Southern Division. They travelled to the London Bees on Sunday to maybe extend their lead at the top of the division. They take on Oxford United at Wesley Park in a couple of weeks' time. Do head there. I'm sure it's going to be a cracking game between Pompey and Oxford United. OK, the Blues, the men, that is, back in action this Saturday at Plymouth Argyle at Home Park. Uh, the then, or they were, top of the table, Plymouth Argyle, now second in the division, still set to be a very very tough game I'll be joined by uh, Mark McGee and Pepe Lacey on the next instalment of the Football Hour this Friday between 6 and 7 we'll be talking about all of the week's news coming in and out of Fratton Park and we'll also be previewing that big game between Pompey and Plymouth Argyle at Home Park on the weekend and that is when myself, Robbie James and the Pompey women's head coach Jay Sadler will be right with you. 3 o'clock kickoff at Plymouth Argyle. We start here from 2 o'clock on Express FM. All the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. Pompey were held to a frustrating 1-1 draw at home to Barnsley on Saturday. It's a good ball and it's put into the back of the net and Portsmouth have the lead. Towards the box, it's bouncing around and it's gone all the way in and Barnsley have equalised. Next up, the Blues face a difficult trip to high-flying Plymouth Argyle in the league. Join us for all of the unmissable action Saturday from 2. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. That's right, so as I say, 2 o'clock on Saturday, the next instalment of Pompey Live, myself, Robbie and Jay, will be at Home Park to be bringing you all of the action as the Blues take on Plymouth Argar. Big thanks to everyone who tuned in, got in touch on the social media channels this evening, and of course to my two studio guests, first of all, uh, Andy Mitchell-Moore joining us over the phone last tonight. Andy, a pleasure as always, thank you very much. No, cheers Jay, always a pleasure to chat Bobby, bud. And we'll hear again, I'm sure, from Andy soon. Joe Wood from the 1898. Joe, thank you. Lovely to be here. Much appreciated. Always, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. I'm sure we'll get Barry on again soon. Hopefully. Do, do. Get him. Drag him down here. We'll drag him down here. We'll drag Barry on. Uh, thank you very much, as I say, to everyone who got in touch. Thank you once again to Stagecoach Across the South for supporting another season of the Football Hour here on Express FM. If you missed any of tonight's show or if you just fancy listening back to our voices, don't know why you would, but you never know. You can listen back to it on our website in around about half an hour's time. ExpressFM.com forward slash podcast is where you need to go. Or you can visit the Apple or Google podcast apps or even Spotify. Just search for the Football Hour. I'll be back on Friday night with the next instalment of the show to preview the Blues trip to Plymouth Argar. But coming up next here on ExpressFM this evening, the Soft Rock Show with Jeff and Aid right after the news at 7 o'clock. Well, thanks once again for getting in touch. Thanks once again for listening to the show. Thank you to Joe and Andy. That leaves me to say it's good night. 